Today is December 23rd, and this is the 33rd episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last weekend, UFC Fight Night that took place Saturday, December 19th. This will be the recap. A little, couple days late. I typically like to get this out on a Monday or a Tuesday. Unfortunately, today's Wednesday. I've been doing some stuff this week, getting ready for the holidays. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. The next day's Christmas. So, uh, finally got the recap out, and uh, this is the last event that'll take place this year. Uh, kind of crazy. This has been a great year of fights, and I'm excited for next month's fights and next year's fights, obviously. But uh, next month, we're going to get a nice triple header of uh, weekends um, at Fight Island. And uh, the pay-per-view will have McGregor versus Poirier. And uh, obviously the other two before it, which will be fight nights, are going to have great uh, great fights as well. So I'm super stoked. Um, but great year and uh, great event to finish off of the year of 2020. Great year of fights, that is. Not so much year in general, but fights. So the main event, Stephen Thompson versus Joff Neal. Stephen Thompson just showed how great his striking really is, and he outstruck Joff Neal. You know, that's what we saw. Um, and I said in the beginning uh, when I did my predictions to this fight, I, I said Thompson's going to either win a decision, you know, he's going to win all the rounds and, and win a decision, or we're going to see Neal, you know, locked, knock the lights out of uh, Thompson. You know what? It went the other way. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you have two great fighters like this, you see two different outcomes. And, and a lot of times, one of the two will come true. Um, and in this case, Stephen Thompson won uh, in dominant fashion to a degree by uh, completely outstriking Joff Neal. You know, he looked phenomenal. Um, and Neal obviously showed some great striking as well and toughness. Um, now, what should be next for Stephen Thompson and Joff Neal is now up in the air. You know, Stephen Thompson is ranked number five and Joff Neal is ranked number 11. Now, you know, Stephen Thompson obviously has competed for the belt in the past, uh, faced a lot of top competition, um, you know, beat a guy who's in front of him in Jorge Masvidal. So, you know, what's next for Stephen Thompson? It, it varies on how the UFC wants to do this division. But all right, we know the number two contender is going to face Kamar Usman for the belt. Kobe Covington right now is sitting at number one. And uh, we think he's going to fight Jorge Masvidal, who's ranked number four. So let's say that happens. Burns is going to get the challenge for the title. And uh, Edwards is going to fight Chemayev. Edwards is number three. So that means Thompson doesn't have anyone to fight in the top four, you know, since he's ranked number five. So this is a little bit... Uh, tricky for him. Now, he just won a great fight. He could take a little time, see how some of these, you know, uh, matchups go. Let's say Edwards beats Chemayev. There you go. You have that matchup. Let's say even Chemayev beats Edwards. Then you could even make that matchup. I think right now, since Stephen Thompson just competed, let the division play out a little bit and go from there. You know, I wouldn't have Stephen Thompson face anyone below him unless they beat someone above him. So uh, that's definitely what's next for Stephen Thompson, in my opinion. Um, I think a Jorge Masvidal fight could work out uh, well as well if Kobe Covington doesn't fight him. 
or even a Thompson versus Covington. Now, what's next for Joff Neal is now up in the air. I personally would love to see him face Tyron Woodley, who Woodley's ranked number six. Um, Woodley needs to bounce back somehow, and they're both great fighters. This is, you know, it would be a striking fight with uh, Woodley for Neal and vice versa, which could help out Woodley. We will see. Um, you know, Michael Chiesa, who's ranked number eight, is supposed to face Neil Magny, who's ranked number nine. So those guys are out of the equation. So who's up in, you know, who's left? Possibly he could face the winner of Chiesa and Magny. We will see. Or Vicente Luque. But, you know, things are up in the air. We will see soon enough. Maybe even a, uh, you know, I won't go any farther. I'll stop there. So, in the co-main event, Jose Aldo defeated Marlon Vera in a unanimous decision, 29-28, uh, through across the boards, all three judges. And, you know, this fight was great. It was a good fight, uh, back and forth. Uh, Aldo was just the better fighter, you know, and, and it showed. And Vera's got some room to improve, but he also showed some great things. You know, he stood in there with one of the best who's ever stepped in the octagon and uh, competed with him quite well, you know. Landed two more significant strikes than Aldo um, and more leg kicks. But Aldo controlled more, stuffed some takedowns, and... Um, Overall, he kind of just dictated the fight, I think, a little bit more, you know, with his pace. And uh, he won the fight. So, you know, finally picking up a, a win in that division for Jose Aldo in the bantamweight division. What's next for him? You know, he's ranked number six now. And um, you ask the question, what's next? And I think... You got to put him against someone like a Pedro Munoz um, or a Jimmy Rivera or a Rafael Sancho. Uh, so we will see. Maybe even Rob Font, who just defeated Marlon Marais. And now Font's going to be ranked number five. So we'll see. And what's next for Vera? You know, this is kind of a sting uh, because this could have catapulted him to the top of the division, but now he's kind of stuck. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch with Sean O'Malley or maybe even a fight with uh, Cody Stamen or Marab Dalashvili. In the fight before that, in the welterweight division, you had Michelle Pereira defeat Chaos Williams. And, you know, this was kind of a back-and-forth fight as well. Um, Pereira didn't do too many crazy things. He, you know, he kind of kept control. He, he got two takedowns, which definitely helped. Uh, more control time than Williams, and um, you know, although he didn't outstrike him in significant strikes, I think he just he did enough to make it look like he won the fight. Nothing against Williams; um, they both had their moments. It's just that Pereira got the decision. And for these guys, you know, they're obviously uh, up and coming fighters in the welterweight division, and you know, there's obviously great fights for them upcoming as well. Um, so it, it's going to be fun to see what's next for them. They're obviously, they got knockout power. They're exciting. They do some crazy things here and there. So it should be fun. I just mentioned how Rob Font defeated Marlon Marias by KO in the first round. And Marlon came out and instantly wanted to take the ground, uh, the fight to the ground, which was interesting. And, uh, Font kind of, you know, 
had some scrambles. It seemed like a tired Marlon out, gassed out his arms, and Font pieced him up on the feet uh, and knocked him out in the first round. Great performance by Font, although, you know, he did get dominated on the ground a little bit, but perse- uh, persevered and uh, got the win. And beating, obviously, a legit guy in Marlon Marias. So, like I just said before, Font's now number five. He's in the mix now, you know? He could fight a guy like Aldo or maybe even a Cody Garburn, although I don't know if Garburn's going to really fight guys lower than him right now. Um, obviously, Font's up there. He's able to fight a bunch of these other guys up in the division. And for Marlon, you know, that that was this is two fights, uh, you know, losing in a row by KO. He's got to really bounce back. He should probably take another fight lower down in the division. Maybe even a Marlon Vera. We'll see. Uh, or a Song Yudong or Cody Stamen. But he needs to bounce back if he wants to get to the top. But he's definitely going to need to do some climbing now that he just lost two in a row. And for the first fight of the night in the heavyweight division, you had Marcin Tibera knocking out Greg Hardy. Well, not quite knocking out, but TKOing Greg Hardy in the second round. Hardy looked phenomenal in the first round. Dominant, land, completely outstriking Tibera. Hardy started to slow down in the second round, and uh, Tibera got the takedown, and that was it, really, from there. He kind of controlled him on the top and uh, started ground and pounding, and that was the end of Hardy. For Hardy, you got to gain a little bit of gas tank. You got to work on it as much as you can. I know there's to a degree of how much you can improve. I know he does have asthma, but in order, if you want to continue in that division and beat and face higher guys, you got to have a better gas tank. And uh, Tibera showed that he has a chin in this fight and that he's tough. You know, he was coming off of a win against Ben Rothwell, and now he's beating an up-and-coming prospect in Hardy. I'm excited to see what's next for Tibera. I think he could do some exciting things. Uh, he is big for the division, although Hardy was a little bit bigger. And um, should be fun, honestly, to see what's next for both fighters. So for the prelims, you know, I won't cover the whole entire prelims card. Uh, but I will touch on some specific fights that I saw. And uh, obviously, one being Anthony Pettis uh, beating Alex Moreno by unanimous decision and completely sealing the 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 deal in, in the last round, you know, landing that beautiful wheel kick and then finishing on top. Uh, that was Anthony Pettis' last fight on his UFC contract, and he decided to part ways with the UFC, and now he is headed to the Professional Fight League, the PFL, which is uh, very interesting. Also good for Pettis, you know, you obviously know he's not going to be in really championship contention. Um in either the welterweight or lightweight division. So this is probably best for him to go to a different organization, make more money, um, and continue to fight and maybe become a champ there. So good for Pettis. I'm happy for him. What a career in the UFC. And I can't wait to see him fight in the Professional Fight League. And uh, Sarjara Eubanks lost to Penny Kianzad. Uh, You know, I went with Eubanks this fight and I normally go against her and uh didn't work out for me so I'm a little pissed off about that but uh obviously Penny's you know she just kind of outstruck Eubanks and um 
dealt with the takedowns of Eubanks, but ultimately got the unanimous decision. And the last prelim I will talk about is Jimmy Flick defeating Cody Durden. And uh, what a submission win in the first round by Jimmy Flick. You know, at the end, towards the end of the round, he was about to get taken down and he just jumped guard into a triangle choke and got the submission. This guy, he's legit. He's up and coming. I'm excited to see him. I watched him come through the Contender Series and I'm um, excited to see what's next for him. So that was UFC Fight Night, the last event of the year of 2020. And uh, we won't get another fight until next year. So I plan on the next couple episodes. I don't know how many I'll release in the next, uh, I think it's like two or three weeks that we won't have uh, any events. I'm going to come out with some episodes on some topics uh, that are going on in the MMA world, whether it's boxing or UFC or other promotions, um, and just give my opinions. And uh, I'm also, next episode, actually, more specifically, I'm going to be talking about what champions I think will hold on to their belts throughout next year, how I see the belts in the divisions working uh, out, and uh, who I think will end as champion in uh, 2021. Last two topics I'm going to touch on right now is Hooker. Uh, is going to take Dan Hooker is going to take on Michael Chandler at UFC 257 on January 23rd. That will be on the same card as McGregor versus Poirier. So that will be Michael Chandler's debut in the UFC, and he's taking on Dan Hooker. I'm excited for that fight. Um, what a fight for Michael Chandler to return to. Dan Hooker is going to bring him hell, and uh, we'll see what Michael Chandler is made of. And that fight is uh, perfect for the both of them for the division. You know, they both need a big win over a big name uh, to catapult them to get you know a top contenders fight. So perfect fight for the both of them. I'm excited and great fight to add on to the pay per view as well. And uh, the last topic I will touch on, and very brief because I may make an episode strictly for it if it becomes legitimate, is Askren, Ben Askren, coming out on social media saying he accepts a fight from Jake Paul. That should be interesting if it does happen. Askren, you have the right mentality and attitude towards this chump. Whether you win or not, you're taking and approaching this the right way. You know, you got to humble this son of a bitch. And um, Jake Paul, you're running your mouth, talking a lot of crap to a lot of different people, doing a lot of ridiculous things. You don't even sound intelligent. Um, You must be really brainwashing youngsters who watch your YouTube videos and social media like, I don't know really who believes you. And I think you have this mentality of like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Like, all right, man, go fight some real fighters. Stop fighting guys who like you're handicapping matches like Askren just had hip surgery this year. And and he he was an all star wrestler, Olympic wrestler, college champion wrestler. Um, Obviously, his success in MMA came from wrestling like you're choosing guys who aren't like you're not picking the most challenging fights which is just annoying because like you're just being a bitch you know what i mean and these topics get me worked up the the pauls and uh you know i i saw an interview with logan paul talking about his fight with floyd mayweather a little bit and that annoyed me you know these guys they they i don't know their mentality it's just horrible 
And I think they legit believe themselves. I, I, you know what? I don't even know. It's kind of crazy because they, they, they sound so convinced with themselves about their mentality. And then, you know, like, oh, fuck everyone else, you know. But, like, everyone knows what's going on. So, I don't know. All I'm trying to say is that I'm happy Askren is standing up to this guy. And I hope more fighters do this. Now, this fight obviously isn't um, 100% official. Who knows if it'll even happen. I just like that Askren came out and said, you know what, you little bitch, I'm going to put you in your place. And um, I hope he does. I mean, Askren, let's face it, he doesn't have great striking. But uh, he's tough, you know, and he's going to have good cardio. He's going to bring his best in there. And uh, he ain't going to flop like Nate Robinson, that's for sure. So this will be Jake Paul's biggest test if this fight does happen. happen. But in reality, if Jake Paul wants to talk all this crap, Please fight better fighters, strikers in the sport that they are primarily in. Ben Askren's a wrestler slash MMA fighter. Like, you're going to fight him in boxing. You keep handicapping people. Fight a boxer in your weight class. That's what I want to see. And you know what will end up happening? You're going to be face down, not remembering what just happened in the last 30 seconds. All right, that's enough. Um, I, I went off more than I wanted to about that, but if anything becomes legitimate, you will hear more from me. That was episode 33. Happy, happy holidays to everyone. Thank you for tuning in.